Okay. We are live. Okay, I'm going to play the intro now before you get to go. going. <laughs> Welcome to Spirituality, the podcast that deals through love, light, and laughter. I'm Brandon. And I'm India. Brandon and I have had such a divine journey back to one another. We started out, as all of us do, as kids with big dreams and lots of love to offer. But we quickly allowed the realities of this world to separate us from ourselves and one another. From acting together in our third grade showcase. Where you were the literal big cheese. Yes, I was. (laughs) to traveling the globe, sharing our art, and working with children. As our paths took us on separate journeys, we have learned, aligned, and flowed right back to each other. And now we know we are vessels of love and light, finally feeling free to love openly and pursue the deepest desires of our hearts without reservation. We want to share that message with the whole wide world. Mm. So after 25 years, Let's get back to loving one another the way we did when we were kids. What do you say, Bestie? I say let's do it. All right, my black box goes away. Okay, so it's All right, welcome back. Cheers. It's totally a thing. This is the third episode. You know how we feel about the number three, and we have three viewers right now, so check us out. All right. <laughs> oh, welcome, up. welcome. <laughs> I'm so excited, and I'm really excited yes. about this episode. I just love everything about when you're, like, totally operating, like, fully in your purpose and, like, doing what you're supposed to be doing, how you don't, it's not, like, stressful. Hey, Damaris. Yeah. Hi, it's, Damaris. It's not stressful at all. It's like, we don't really trip about too much of anything when mm-hmm. it comes to mm-hmm. this it's like hey like oh what topic we'll wait we'll wait until it comes to us you know what insecurity mm-hmm. and then what was i sent you that message about insecurity and then the next day i got like flooding download about insecurity uh-huh. I'm like it's just amazing how that works out like we're not gonna force any of this like just let it flow and it'll happen Look, I was screenshotting your uh, your Facebook status updates. I was like, all right, we're going to talking point, talking point. <laughs> yeah, you're like, capture them. Like, you know, that's Because look. they just go. <laughs> <laughs> She's just shuffling out the deck. <laughs> I, look, whatever. I'm like, straight, you know what it is. Like, I just got to let it out, and then we will work from there. Hey, quick technical note. Your earrings, they're, they're like jiggling. Oh, making and You noise. can hear them in the camera. Yeah. Oh, no. Can't do that. Beautiful wind chimes. Come on. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh, this microphone catches everything, doesn't it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with, um, we're switching up our order a little bit for how we do mm-hmm. things. So we're going to start with the, um, here's what I heard. And this song has been heavily on me. It's um, all all falls down by Kanye West and I'm a I've used to be I'm not gonna say I still am because I kind of no it's all about love and forgiveness so I can't say like I abandoned Kanye West because he gets it he gets it yes thank you and we appreciate you, you and love you Terrell for joining in but Kanye understands love the same way that we understand love and he got 
you know, like he was a little bit, I, I wasn't able to follow him for a minute. You know, I was trying to stick with him, but you're just out there. But nonetheless, like I love him and I love his mind. He is a genius and there are plenty of ways where I realize like Kanye West, when he's being called crazy, like I've been called crazy, you know? So yeah, the, he, he you know, sees things differently. I, I was just having the conversation today with someone and we were talking about like how, I mean, just your level of consciousness, whatever you're expanding into, somebody's going to think it's crazy at first. You know what I mean? Somebody that doesn't get it, that doesn't resonate with them. So, you know, that's just what it is. He's just it's, off somewhere. And a lot of us are like, what? <laughs> but Yeah, like, he's, he, look, we're catching up. We're catching yeah. up with him. And mm -hmm. I get that now. And now when I listen back to his music, like, the album, The College Dropout, and everything that he talks about in that album was literally his experience, right? And a lot of what many of us feel about college and like i'm one of the people who stayed like you stayed but i can't even trip about my friends who are like this is not for me and i have to follow my bliss my bliss ain't at the school you know and that's that is okay like that's more than okay that's the way it should be so anyway mm -hmm. all falls down just like plays over and over again like as i have these these understandings about like how trauma manifests as insecurity and I'm like, oh my gosh, like Kanye was telling me this year, a decade plus ago. So we're not going to go over the entire song because it's a longer one. I'm going to like say all the lyrics and then when it gets to you, when it gets to the hook, you go ahead and do your thing. And then whatever resonates <laughs> in that moment, that's where I will pause and like we'll dive in. Man, I promise she's so self-conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. That major that she majored in don't make no money, but she won't drop out her parents or look at her funny. Now tell me that ain't insecure. The concept of school seems so secure. Sophomore three years, ain't picked a career. She like, F it, I'll just stay down here and do hair. Okay, I was about to get up, you know, I was getting in there in the pocket. <laughs> but, <laughs> so here, like, it's so obvious, and I've seen so many of my friends, so many people I love, either stay in school or stay in any situation because that is what my parents said they want me to do and it does not feel right. It does not align with the vision that I have for myself and like what I'm feeling pulled to do, but I have to stay here because I don't have any other, if I don't, if I drop out, I'm a dropout. And that is a label that nobody wants to have. Mm. Excuse me. And um, so yeah, so I'll move on from there. Uh, Cause that, Cause that's enough money to buy her a few pairs of new airs cause her baby daddy don't really care. She's so precious with the pure pressure, couldn't afford a car. So she named her daughter Alexis. Now you also can pause me or anybody else can jump in as well. Uh -huh. um, because come on, like he's describing how insecurity manifests and we can look around at so many people and even ourselves, honey, what were you about to say? Oh, I was just, I was, I was going to let you finish and then talk about how it does manifest and how the ways we cover it up with the external things, going out and buying things to mm -hmm. make us feel better, you know, and there's some, there's some lovely things about, you know, going on a shopping spree or retail therapy, but like when you're using that as a way to put a bandaid on what's really hurting, then you know what I mean? You get a society that we're kind of living in in some ways these days right and that's what when people want to call it materialistic or capitalistic or whatever but it's really us using material goods in order to try to fill in where our light is not shining right now that is materialistic yeah. and that is where it's a problem but then you have us 
some a lot of us on the other end where I was, where I didn't want to buy too many material goods at all or things for myself because I I walked around feeling unworthy of that kind of adornment. Okay. Um, she had hair so long that it looked like weave. Then she cut it all off. Now she looked like Eve. And she be dealing with some issues that you can't believe. Single black female addicted, addicted to retail. And so many times, I have a whole children's book about... I mean, well, it's not really about how hair impacts our personality, or not our personality, but how we view ourselves, but... Go and plug know, it in. Plug in the... About. Come on, Marisol plug hair. It, plug in the book. Available on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. But with Marisol's hair, I used this black girl and her hair because I know as a black girl myself, as a black woman, my hair was the bane of my existence. Like, at first, it was, like, the thing that brought me so much glory. As soon as it started getting tore up, you know what I mean? Like, then it becomes, like, the absolute core of a lot of your issues, like, your self-esteem issues. We black women carry a lot of our self-esteem in our hair. Um, and really, not even the self-esteem, but our self-hate. So our lack of love for ourselves is attached to our hair. I'm not even going to say our self-esteem is attached to our hair. So I could um, definitely understand what he was saying when, like she had this hair and then she cut it off and a lot of people think she has no issues because she's this beautiful woman with this long hair it doesn't it doesn't matter we we always feel like there's something okay mm -hmm. it's when you are living in insecurity when you're operating in that unresolved pain men mm -hmm. i promise this is kanye speaking about himself men i promise i'm so self-conscious now a lot of people when they see me being very um vulnerable like publicly vulnerable about things that I have been insecure about. They're like, why would you share that? Somebody can throw it back in your face. Like, that's the point. I'm owning it. I am <laughs> owning it so no one can use it against me. And then I am working toward releasing that. I am identifying what that insecurity is. And I know you're going to go into that. And I'm going down to the root of it and clearing it so I'm not walking around with that. So when I shared that I wore glasses for 20 years because I didn't like my face, that wasn't me asking for sympathy. That wasn't me saying like, oh, I'm so ugly. I understand now that I have a beautiful face. I appreciate my face. I love my face. I would totally go with me. You know, so like, I, it's not I, like I'm there now, but I was not there. And it took me identifying that insecurity to get down to that pain in order for that to happen. But so many of us act like we ain't got them. We don't have insecurities. Right. Okay, yeah. anyways, so, so Kanye says, Nina, I promise I'm so self-conscious. That's why you always see me in at least one of my watches. Rollies and poshas then drove me crazy. I can't even pronounce nothing. Past that, Versace. Come on. How many people do we know where that's their reality? Where it's like, yes, I'm going to put this stuff on. I'm going to wear this. I am around people quite often where they're like talking about wearing something and they're like, this is expensive, you know, like designer brand and you are mispronouncing it. And that doesn't matter to me. But you also, I know that you're not buying this because you are really enthusiastic about it. You're not a, mm. like a fan of this designer because you don't even know his name. You're doing right. this in order to project a certain level of esteem that we don't have, but we will get. Okay. You know, I wonder also what's the deeper... The trend of what we would call like, you know, uh, materialism and superficiality, it's kind of perpetuated in our culture, in music, you know what I mean? You could say even, you can actually, we know it's on purpose, you know, to some yes. degree. And and that's what resonates, that's where just the culture as a whole is resonating at with what's popular. And it's just, 
everybody is yeah. just art covering is it up. Yep, art is a reflection <laughs> of reality. So right now, yeah. art is just reflecting all the ways that we are covering up our pain, our insecurity with material goods. So yes, yeah, so all of mm -hmm. these rappers and singers and artists in general who make it to where they make it, athletes, they still insecure. They still have unresolved pain. But we all assume, well, you have money. What are you worried about? That doesn't, money does not resolve your pain. Money cannot replace your light. It never can mm -hmm. and never will. So now, well, you told me I have this money, so I should be, I should feel better. So let me just buy the things. But yeah. everybody at the top is insecure. I mean, that was part of my, my rant or, yesterday. Or get money. The get money, you know what I mean? That It's like, yeah. once I get my money, once I get that lifestyle, I'm going to be okay then. Yeah. But it's not. We, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not. It'll never. That's not what'll make you okay. Um, just to set, just to spend four hundred bucks on it. Oh, then I spend four hundred bucks on this just to be like, you ain't up on this, and I can't even go to the grocery store without some ones that's clean and a shirt with a team. Come yeah. on, like he's he's letting it know right there. Like I have to be. I have to look like I'm something wherever I go because I don't. I might not feel like something. But I'm going to look like something and you're going to, I'm going to command that kind that respect from you. Because that's what it's about. Like, I'm going to command you a draw. I'm going to draw you at least with what I'm wearing, if not with what yeah. I have going on in my soul. And to me, that there's like a historical pattern. I mean, the considering history of what the black community went through ha with their appearance, you know, you can't wear this hair at this job or, you know, it's a matter of their employment being controlled by the way that they look, their healthcare being controlled by the way that they look, the politics, you know, whether or not they're, how much you submit to all of that. It's all connected in that we're still living in today, just in a glamorized version. Absolutely. I mean, there's a whole book about it. and I mean, post-traumatic slave syndrome. I need to slow down. Mm. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. It's about adorning yourself to look like something. Like, you want to look at least like the people around you have been free for this entire time. They've been free for 300 years. I need to look like them. But I don't feel like them. They were free for mm. 300 years. I was mm. not. We'll talk about later how insecurity uh, is about freedom. Ooh, come on. It mm. all works together okay um, we live in the american dream but the people highest up got the lowest self-esteem the prettiest people do the ugliest thing on the road to riches and diamond rings floss like they're the greatest okay whoop, let me stop because i want to stop right there the prettiest people do the ugliest things it is not about how you look on the outside and what i what I picked up a while ago, I remember when I was younger, like, man, what I'm noticing is the most, who we would consider like the most Western, beautiful people, um, according to the standards that we were taught. Those wow. girls actually were not celebrated quite often by her peers, uh, by their peers. They were not complimented because the assumption is she already knows she's cute, so I'm not even going to tell her. And I'm not going to uplift her because I feel like she's cuter than I am. So I'm definitely not going to tell her that she's pretty. I'm not going to give her a compliment. But so then they don't feel it. They do not see themselves the way that other people see them. They don't have that love for themselves. And this when you act out in pain. And that's how you have the prettiest people doing the ugliest things. They were neglected. They're, they were emotionally neglected in that way. Nobody considers that. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, the prettiest people do the ugliest things for the road to riches and diamond rings. We, sh we shine because they hate us. Floss because they degrade us. We're trying to buy back our 40 acres. So that's obvious, like, who he's talking about right here. And that's what it comes down to. Like, I haven't healed myself. Like, I don't feel it. But I'm going to not let y'all see that I don't feel it because you hate me. I'm going to give you something to hate. Either way, like, right. either either I'm going to give you, I'm going to floss. I'm going to shine. And we're doing this and projecting this confidence. I know I was guilty of this. And I'm not going to say guilty because I don't have any shame in it. But I operated in this way until very recently. I projected confidence because what you're not going to find me is in a room of people who believe that they can oppress me. You're not mm -hmm. going to find me in a room full of people who believe that they have privilege over me. But I still was intimidated. I still was insecure in how I spoke up and, and how I would challenge or when I would challenge or I would say things out of fear and kind of like anticipate backlash from it. But it was a facade. This was a, it was a persona. It was not mm -hmm. my lived experience until like two weeks ago where I really felt full of love for myself and knowledge that what I say is what I'm doing is for the bet for the betterment of humanity. And I'm not going to speak with this insecurity. I'm going to heal the parts of me that had me feeling like what I'm saying can't be trusted or that these people's opinions matter more than mine. But that took some work. You know, and so I'm grateful to be yeah. here now. Um, I'm going to skip down. Oh, no, it's your turn to sing. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it was just like, right. When it all, and it all falls down. I'm telling you, oh, all falls down. That's all. <laughs> yes, because it does. And it will fall down if you don't address it. If you don't address that trauma, if you don't address that pain, if you don't choose transcendence, it's going to fall down, I promise. It's going to mm -hmm. come crumbling, and you're going to be either forced to reconcile and like say, okay, I have got to clear some things because I do want to be better, do better, and be clearer about what I'm supposed to be doing here, or you're just going to still be in that cycle of misery that we talked about last week. Thank you, Domeris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so then we go to... Oh, oh! I say police, F the police, that's how, that's how I treat them. We buy our way out of jail, but we can't buy freedom. Hello, somebody. No. Hello, we buy a lot system. of clothes, but we don't really need them. Things we buy to cover up what's inside. I want everybody to sit with that. Things we buy to cover up what's inside. Because um, they made us hate ourselves and love their wealth. That's why shorties holler where the baller's at. Drug dealer by Jordan, crackhead by crack. And the institution get paid off for all of that. But oh. I ain't even... <laughs> come on, either way. And I, I remember watching like Ozark and probably... No, it was like locked up. A, it was not locked up abroad, but it was one of those like prison shows here after watching Ozark and some other shows and then watching like a real life reality prison show. And I'm like, oh, like this is intentional. They like the, the drugs... They want them, you know, they're, they're supposed to come in. And, and these people are supposed to sell them. And these, and these same people are supposed to get captured and put into this system that is going to have them, you know, like giving free or extremely reduced price labor. You know, it, this is all part of a system. It works together. Anyway, but I ain't even going to act holier than thou because I went to Jacob with 25 thou before I had a house. And I'd do it again because I want to be on 106 in Park. 
pushing the bins. I want to act ballerific like it's all terrific. I got a couple bad dip bills, but it, I won't get specific. I got a problem with spending before I get it. We all self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. And think about the cycle that we're allowing ourselves to be in. If we're walking around here with this unresolved pain where we are insecure with ourselves and then spending money in these ways in order to look like we have it together and it's never going to impact how we feel about ourselves and thus how we feel about the world around us it's mm. a cycle um but yeah. yeah i will leave it there and we will go on to the homework that's such a great breakdown i mean for me what i see in this song and what he's talking about is just the the remnants and the echoes of all of black history in america and how we're resonating with it today you know all of those those waves that have they're they're just still rippling out you know we're and from having to protect ourselves you know it's it's all protection all of this that he's talking about it's all materialistic i mean however illusionary it might be it's all about protection in in some way and i see you know at that time you know we had to be protected we had to do things look a certain way act a certain way to survive and this is just what's still happening people are trying to survive by by the external by the yeah. material yeah if i yeah. can't feel and I, you, you can't blame anybody if i can't feel it if i don't feel it i'm not about to walk around here looking like i don't feel it like the least i can mm -hmm. do is look like i'm feeling it until right. i get there but then we can't settle right there the problem is like if that's part of the journey let that be part of the journey but you can't stop there and say well i'm always i'm living paycheck to paycheck and i really struggle to i don't have i don't feel security but i look good and that's good enough for me so i'm just gonna stay right here that is yeah. what we're coming across a lot with our society and that's why we're like we got to do something differently because it's continuing to be struggle and right. we just can't it's a cycle yeah. it is such a cycle and it's getting yeah. it's getting worse for every generation though people think it's getting better but you know we got people storming capitals and you know like there's a lot of insecurity <laughs> there's a lot of pain so like yeah. it's time Mm-hmm. And then coupled with the materialism and the wealth of America, you know what I mean? What we think we are to the world. I'm not going to say what we are to the world because it's all of our perception. People in different countries think of America totally different from how Americans perceive America to be. No, no America, no American actually, a, you know, a critical thinking American knows exactly where we are. You know, like we know what it is. Mm -hmm. But think about this, Brandon. How about America? was founded on pain so everything that is happening out you know like everything that's manifesting of america the united states of america is insecurity is trauma mm. because of the way that it was founded the way that it was built so until that the way it gets was seated the way come on like so until that yeah. gets healed america's always going to manifest this extremely insecure bully and that's what it is like we are mm. we are all little baby United States of America is around here. You know what I mean? Like just mm -hmm. yeah. founded and grown in some pain and insecurity and then projecting that and having to be a bully and having to, you know, like look what we have it all together when America is in so much debt. Come on. Like the right. song could be about yeah. the country itself. The country itself right. is in Seriously. So <laughs> I but mean, look know, at like, the look at your highways, look at your roads, your infrastructure. <laughs> like it is very healthcare as coronavirus hit the healthcare system ain't nothing like nothing yeah so that could be a whole episode itself honestly you think about it but 
Who yeah, was in the video? Stacy Dash. Who was in the video? Sorry, I think there's an echo. So Stacy Stacy Dash was in the video. America is Stacy Stacy Dash. <laughs> America is Stacy Dash. Like, come, ugh. and we and this is what America deserves. And I can't even like, oh, you know, no. Like when you're founded on pain and trauma that way, if you don't reconcile it at the root, it's gonna continue to manifest. Like duh. Yeah. Like it's the same thing with us. If if it's like this with us. And we're one human, a system of humans. It has to be the same way. Right. Collective. So now it's time for the homework check-in. Yeah. Anybody do their homework? Right. Like, that's the Just like my students. No? Okay. <laughs> we didn't receive any emails. <laughs> we, could, we could start with ours. You know, my, my homework. I actually have to pull it up, though. Um, let see if I can get to it quick. Yeah, while you do that, I had, I think I, well, I had shared that my picture is right there in front of me, but it's just been great mm -hmm. hearing other people like, oh yeah, like I would get messages like, I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to talk to my younger self, make room, make time for it. Even if you didn't do it this week, make time for that because you deserve it. You deserve to talk mm -hmm. to you. the most innocent you. You deserve to talk to that part of you, that innocent soul that had visions, that had a dream that had you know a feeling of a purpose higher than your than yourself and had faith in humanity and made friends without fear all of those things like tap mm -hmm. back into that kid and see what he or she or they tell you right when i actually looked at that picture i actually i actually did the homework wrong at first and then i did it right so it was supposed to be that you were to look at the picture and like you said what does that child speak to you what is it but i was actually speaking to that child kind of like it was almost like this is what you're about to deal with you know mm -hmm. um but looking back at that child is I, I swear like i looked at the picture again after i wrote you can check our page for the like, i wrote a poem uh, to my, I think I'm like four or five in that picture, but I wrote a poem so to him and then, yeah, I'm so adorable. And then, <laughs> and then I swear the, the picture spoke back to me. The picture spoke back to me. It was like, I am the light that's still in you. I'm the love that's still in you. I am the joy that's still there. Um, I, I am, I am you. We are together in this. I'm still with you. And it was just so, it's just so comforting to feel like all the experiences, all the parts of myself, the pieces of myself, of all the pebbles I've been picking up throughout my life on this journey, they're all with me and they're all um, they're all energy, they're all uh, consciousness and they're all a part of me. It's all, and it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah. I don't know if I have any more to say about that actually. Otherwise, I, I recommend you guys try it at home. Yes, please do that. If we don't have anything else, we'll move on to the light list. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> when uh, when you texted me and were like, you know, this episode, I just feel it should be about insecurity. The first thing I was uh, that popped in my head was that Jasmine Sullivan yes. song, <laughs> "Why You Gotta Be So Insecure." And then, the, of course, the HBO video. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. the series, the, the series. Yes. Yeah, oh, love that show. And I first wanted to talk about actually. There's so much stigma around insecurity. You know, we. We all have insecurity, yet we judge each other for for having um, insecurities, even though we all have them and we're all the same in that sense. And I just think that's really interesting. I wanted to first just kind of just as a as a disclaimer, like when we're talking about insecurity, you know, you may have some kind of 
you it may when we say just hearing the word insecurity you might hear it in such a negative way just from the conditioning of of what we've all experienced insecurity to be but i i really want you guys to try to just let that go let your idea of what insecurity is go and then come into it and approach it in a more compassionate way that is something that you have i have the one who's speaking india everyone has these and we need to approach it in a more compassionate way to get to the root and to enable to heal it and it's really um, important that people who are not like drowning in their insecurity are open about mm. it. I think people, when they make it, wherever they make it or along the way, they're not open with their insecurities because they don't want people to judge them. So then these, they, we have this unrealistic assumption, this belief that only people who don't survive have insecurity. So let me act like I don't have uh, insecurity so I can make it. That's, you know, successful yeah. people have insecurity. We all do. Everyone has it. But successful people learn how to identify it and work through it or pretend, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to, I know I have this insecurity. So this is what I'm going to do to like, um, I don't know. What's the word supplement? You know, if they're not ready to do uh, the healing, they will supplement. Mm -hmm. And that's how you see right. like, people with like trophy wives and things like that. These men mm -hmm. are, they also have insecurity. Everybody has it. So Compensations. People, yeah. Yes. Compensation. So if people, if Beyonce, if I don't know, like. Everybody, Denzel Washington, everyone, they actually do open up about them. They open up about them like later in life. People are like, oh man, who would have thought that he was insecure about the that? Whole time? <laughs> the whole time? The whole time. You know, be open along the way. And I think when I'm open about insecurities that I'm working through, people are like, oh, somebody's going to use that against you. Who and how? Mm. Who and how? What power have I given you to use the thing that I named against me? And then also. If somebody somebody chooses to use an insecurity against you, that is about that person that chooses to use insecurities against people. You know what I mean? Narcissists and all of that. That is that's all that's them. That that's ain't me. Them. So right? <laughs> we about to just share over here. Yes. Okay, go ahead. I'm done. Yeah, mm. like don't mm. No, you you can come in anytime. I mean, I, like I said, like I was watching the pilot episode and I was like, I want more dialogue like that pilot episode, like not just my turn, your turn. Like I really, anyway, um, so insecurity. Okay. So basically I kind of see insecurity as like lost light. It gets this kind of anxiety that, um, I don't know if you remember from our episodes before uh, we talked about, you know, your soul, you are light. Uh, manifested here physically as light and then when we have when we have some kind of trauma which if you remember is a Greek word that means wound when we get some kind of wound there's a rip in that in that light there's a hole there and that we you know fill with materials or fill we compensate with other things um, and so this that insecurity to me is just another way to say trauma you know and that uh, that is but something has sprouted from that trauma insecurity is a manifestation um, so for example like when we assume we assumption comes from insecurity it's the result of an insecurity so it's almost as if like you can let your dark I mean you can let your light grow as well through love and through experience but you can also your darknesses can grow their own things too, their own their own entities, their own consciousness, their own frequencies that vibrate and that hold a vibration and that keep you, you know, stuck or down or however you want to say, you know, darkness, darkness really 
dictates where light can go you know what i mean so the more darkness you have letting dictating your light it's really controlling your life you know however insecure you are to whatever degree it's it's controlling your life so um what was i gonna say so when we get defensive i think defensive is it's a protection you know what i mean insecurity is this wound and we want to protect that wound you know what i mean like a like almost not to compare people to dogs or anything, but you know, a hurt dog, they'll bark at you when they actually need your help and, and they've been abused and hurt. They'll actually bark at you because they're, they're on the defense, right? So I think a way that we protect our insecurity is getting defensive, assuming, if you remember uh, from an earlier episode, uh, to assume, it comes from the Latin word ad sumo, which means you go toward to take. You go toward someone else's light and you try to kind of reclaim the light that was taken from you. And that's why when, that's why insecurity is it's kind of annoying to us when someone is insecure that that may be why it's hard to be compassionate yeah. because they do come and take part of a, you know kind of scrap at our light in order to re reclaim whatever it is that they lost in that you know the root of that insecurity so i don't know i just yeah do you have anything to add it is yeah it's really it is hard it is it is hard to identify with the person Especially when it's someone like you love, a parent, a sibling, like whomever. And it's like, I know that there is a root to this, but you keep taking from me and you're taking from my light. You're taking from my cup. You're, you're, you're taking something that belongs to Energy. me that I need. And mm -hmm. I, the more you take that from me, the less compassion I have because compassion yeah. is love. And you're taking my yeah. love from me to give it to yourself. And my love is Come for on. me. And your love is for you. So when you take my love to give to yourself, it'll never work. You'll never feel it. You're just taking from me and throwing it like in a garbage pan. And then mm. you're like depleting my love for me. So now that means my compassion for you is over. You know, that's just how it works. And I'm look at these cycles in my life where I've just watched this happen personally for me, where it's like I'm trying and I'm I am trying to help you see your own light. Like I, I understand that I am conscious of the unconscious. I understand that I see people's souls and they do not. So, you know, like they see what they're in right now and I see through all of that, I get that. Yeah. So I try and I try and I, in, in all these things, but then like I'm now being attacked in a way where it is taking from me and it does not mm. matter what my relationship is, whether it's biological or it's been decades of us knowing each other, you know, it doesn't, I don't care, a, a boss, it doesn't matter what the relationship is, I am not going to deplete my self-love in order for you, because you'll never feel better, making me feel worse will never make you feel better, making mm -hmm. me feel worse just makes me feel as bad as you do, and the fact yeah. that that makes you feel okay means that you've got to do the work to heal your pain, because that's pain. Mm -hmm. You can you can even draw it back to you know the saying misery loves company. It's not a judgment about misery. It's just you know it's a it, being insecure is a place of misery because you're you're bound you're controlled by something by a wound that is there, and you want other people to either experience it with you or by way of assuming or projecting. You know you also drop other people down to where you are too just by just by the magnetic energy of what is being possessed in that person. Drop down, Tatiana. <laughs> All right. And as you Look. drop down to that, the next thing you know, you're insecure. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm dropping right. down out of my love because I've mm-hmm. you taken it from me. And like mm-hmm. you're 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 like dimming my light. You're like poking some holes in my light. And now yeah. I've dropped down here in this place where I too am insecure. I too mm-hmm. am assuming. That's how you see the demise of so many relationships. Like now I've joined you in the judging of myself and therefore projecting that as an assumption onto mm. you. Like I've joined you yeah. in being defensive because now I do not trust you with my soul. So I'm going to mm-hmm. block it off and no, I'm not going to be vulnerable with you anymore. And yeah, so it's just like, then it just destroys a relationship. So heal yeah. together, people. Yeah, I, I think that there's a, there's another element to, to it as well, um, comparison. Like the way that we get, because I was thinking like, how do we get to be insecure? How do I get to a place of judging myself, of thinking I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough or things like that? And it has to do with comparison. And that's what it is. I mean, we, I think on the love side, there's a kind of a two sides of a coin, comparison comparison and uh, and sharing. So share and compare, They're they're both, kind of the same thing but one is from love when you share you share out of love and you can receive that sharing with love but then comparison that's when the judgments start to come in when you compare yourself to other people i think that breeds insecurity yeah absolutely it is so important that we're like i don't when people say i compete with myself you know i'm my own competition it has to Mm -hmm. be that way you literally Mm. have to not worry about what the next person is doing and you think about where am i supposed to be i can't i cannot i cannot possibly think about what this person is doing and then try to well since she's doing this and i'm only doing this and now i'm dictating my life based on her first of all i don't know what she has going on good or bad and secondly that's not meant for me that's not what is for me i am very clear about what is for me and I cannot be taken off. I cannot be convinced otherwise. You know, people try. People yeah. try to convince me otherwise. And I've been able and, to be clear. Okay. I have to get this part out. Like I think I had to get it through like, why have I been so clear about like my as clear as I've been my life about you know what my mission is here. Like why how have I been so clear about that? And it's because no matter how many times I got how many consequences I got. I was always emotionally healing, which means like I am going to call out this person. It doesn't matter if it's a parent, a teacher. It doesn't matter. I'm going to let you know like what your behavior is indicative of. And I'm going to make it clear that you and I both hear that it doesn't have anything to do with me. And not in a way where it's like I um, my hands are clean. I'm, I wash my hands of everything. I, I identify, especially now I can identify when I have brought some issue to the table. Now, yeah. I feel that this is happening for this reason, and I really need you to address that in yourself and to get that from like a 10 year old. You know, before <laughs> you ain't ready for it, but because of <laughs> you that, little smart mouth. <laughs> right? I mean, my whole life. Why you little? <laughs> my entire life has been smart mouth. You guys have a smart mouth. I'm, and I would be like, what's wrong with being smart? I don't know. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. But like, I'm not trying to, or it's like reverse psychology. Like, no, this is not reverse psychology. I'm trying to heal, get you to heal. Because this is really messing with me and I can't, I don't carry things. And I learned, like I saw what happens when someone carries their pain and you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to carry it. I'm going to air it out right here. I don't care. I'm I'm seven years old. I got put out Mm -hmm. of daycare when we lived in Germany. Mom told this story, but now I think there's more to it. Now that I think about it, I got kicked out of my daycare because 
I told the woman that my mama said she don't want me there because she didn't have any furniture. But in my mind, it's like she has an attitude every day. Like I'm getting in the car. I'm certain this was the every day I'm getting she complaining about this. I'm like, look, my mama don't want me here. You don't have no furniture. You know, I'm like we're about to figure either get some furniture so she can have a be, have a better disposition, or like we're gonna have to go somewhere else. But as a small child saying that, and they'd be like, India always telling the business. India is airing grievances because she will not carry them with her. This lifetime. Hello, Cardi B next. meme. <laughs> my mama said. My mama said you don't got no furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not carrying that with me. I'm not. And I, that's been me my entire life. And I got, you know, like I really caught consequences for it. And I had to address that there are aspects of me that were never able to be whooped out of me. That were never able to be ISS or kicked off the bus out of me. That were never. If it's problematic, you know, these adults punished me, Mr. R. You know, put me off Mr. the bus R. at Preston because I said that bus driver was being petty. She was, <laughs> <laughs> and I got suspended off the bus. But that's who was the bus driver? Mary. Oh Fr let, me, man. let me stop saying people's no, names. Right, look, because you put a full name last week. <laughs> but it's like. I'm not going to carry this with me. I'm not going to carry this grievance with me in my uh -huh. soul and then like have it clouding my direct access. No, we're going to mess up. Yeah. No, we're going to have to mm -hmm. figure it out. We're going to have to air it out. Okay, keep going. <laughs> that's wonderful. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to possess. I mean, you can, in working with children, at first, when I, my journey first working with children, like the ones who are more strong-willed and, you know, they have their own idea of what they want to do. At first I was like, oh, you're you're a bad kid. You don't listen, you don't this and that. But I'm just like, oh, actually you just like me. Like, um, no, I know sense. what I want to do. Yeah, it just <laughs> makes sense. And now I just let them be strong-willed. You know what I mean? You can still, there's still guidance there and everything and kids don't know everything, but they know a lot. They know a lot and they know what we don't know and we know what they don't know and we have to be okay with that. We know about the world. First of all, the world mm -hmm. sucks. So adults will be like, well, I'm trying to prepare you for the real world. Okay, but you're preparing me for the world as it is and I'm prepared for the world as it should be. That's the difference. Ooh. I don't want to be prepared for the world as it is. I want mm. to remain prepared for the world as it should be so that I can usher in change. If we keep on changing good people in order to have them fit and work in bad systems, then the systems mm -hmm. will continue to be bad. We are not yeah. victims of this. We have to let good people stay good. Mm -hmm. going? That is so true. Wonderful. And then this is a perfect time to go ahead and plug in Thrival Academy in Indianapolis where you <laughs> look I'm all I, about myself I know that's right here. yeah like, this is the, my, my high school is all about this and I had to really redefine how I communicated the school because let's be clear nothing about the school is being redefined and as I've gone through this journey of really this coming into the fact that I am love and I am a healer of the masses I've been like I'm changing all these things about myself changed my house Change some relationships, change with family and everything. You know what I mean? Like changed a lot of things, but the one thing that remains the same is my school because the entire time I was operating with these beliefs that people should be whole and feel whole. The entire time they're there, they should have access to their world because it's theirs in the first mm -hmm. place. You know, they should, the people who work there should have joy and they should be there because they're there on purpose. They want to be there and they desire to do this work with this set of people. Like, this is just the way that we operate. When I say it's the best high school in the city, it's the best high school, period. You know, it's a public high school that I've been able to build in this way that's come straight from my heart. 
And now that I know and we know what's in my heart, it's like, come on. You know, I love it. I love the school. I don't care if yeah. there's two kids in the school or two million kids in the school. Like, they're going to get the best of everything. And that doesn't yeah. mean material things. They're going to get the best of patience, the best of love, the best of support, the best of what matters. It's not about the technology. It's not about what the desks look like. Is and the, are the people in there are their hearts pure? Mm. And what I like, this is public. So any of my former students or their parents or anybody could colleagues, anybody who works under me could hop on at any time and say I'm lying. But I'm not, you know, like, and I say it with confidence mm. because I know it's the case. And even those who we had to release, who I've had to release, they know I'm all love, and it's all love, yeah. and that's a good place to be. Yeah. You know, that is beautiful. I love your school. That's so beautiful. I wish that I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We had a, I think we had a great high school. We had a great, um, I, I had some great teachers in my life that I'm really thankful for that I connected with that showed me some things, taught me some things, expanded my worldview and called me out when, you know, I was inappropriate and I needed to mature. And yeah, I'm really grateful for that. But I wish I went to a school like yours. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that real we, nourishment, you know. You and I were like we're we were gonna be okay no matter what, no matter where we went. Mm. We were gonna be okay. Mm. The adults were gonna be drawn to us. We were gonna like we were gonna mm. speak up for ourselves. That was so. It's not even about kids like us. It's about the kids mm. who one like the who we don't even know their names. The one we started with and we did not graduate mm. with, or the ones who lived in our neighborhood. And then it's like, oh, what happened to that person? Or the ones who live in our neighborhoods and are no longer living. You know, like, it's yeah. them. So I try to help people understand. They're like, well, oh, it's fine for me. It's not about you. Like, you were going to be okay yeah. no matter what. And there are still things that you and I learned in that system that we've had to unlearn over the next 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm done with that. That's actually, you know, a lot of, so I was thinking like how, what are some ways that we can identify our insecurities if we if we are not aware of it and we're just kind of drowning in it? What are some ways that we can kind of step out of that or learn to kind of build more awareness? And so um, I, I just a couple things. I think you can start to be aware of how you respond to conflict um, do you assume things? Uh, do you get defensive? Are you easy to uh, get defensive and, you know, pop off? I think that will be a clue that there's an insecurity there. Um, the way that you talk to yourself. Um, do you have limiting self-beliefs? Are you, is there an abusive internal dialogue going on? I'm ugly. I'm fat. I am this, I'm never gonna do this, I can't do this. For example, those kinds of things would be abusive. Things that you wouldn't basically say to that little picture of you, that little baby picture mm. of you. Things that, you, if you said that to that baby, that would be considered abusive. And so, but we have heard that and we have believed these things as we've grown up that other people have said about us. We've believed other things about ourselves that we've decided when we've compared ourselves and judged ourselves. And so that we have this loop that plays in your head. So start to pay attention to those loops, those things on loop, they call them ego stories, uh, stories that just repeat every time something happens. You, I, I literally, I started to write things down when I was like feeling a mess or feeling agitated or, you know, angry. And I would, I would write down what is playing in my, in my consciousness, the story that's playing. And I noticed like, oh, 
I don't, this sounds like something my mom used to say. This sounds like something my dad used to say, not necessarily to me, but maybe about the, uh, around money or around working or, you know what I mean? Some of those things that I, like a sponge soaked in and internalized and now have become the way that I think. Uh, that's kind of how it works. So the more you can start to pay attention to how you talk to yourself, what you believe, um, your social interactions are you overly critical of other people are do you, are you judgmental of other people uh do you overcompensate when you are in a social situation do you feel like you have something to prove or do you feel anxious you know anxiety is a real thing but like do you feel anxious because like you're not good enough or they're not going to get you or whatever it may be all of those things are are clues to uh, something that is insecure and there's a root problem there and i say problem not isn't a bad thing just in a way uh, a problem as um a darkness that's controlling your life yeah it's a pain it is a pain. Mm -hmm. I will say today I did something that I, I test myself when I clear something. I'm like, okay, that was basically that, was <laughs> that wasn't some trauma that that wasn't me. That wasn't. Mm -hmm. So let me learn how I actually would navigate without that trauma because I've cleared it now. And I know that there's always been a lot of pain around between me and interactions with other girls. And like that was whether it was inside my household or outside, like at school, it doesn't matter. Like there was always tension. And that became like, there was a lot of insecurity in me around my relationships with other girls or women, probably people in general, but specifically women and girls who I do not know. And mm -hmm. I would still do things, but sometimes I would like choose to not do things where I would operate in a way where it's like, I'm not secure in this. I'm not secure in me. Forget the this. I don't, I'm not filled up with enough light and love that I am able to assume that they will judge me or assume that, you know, like it, there are these things. So today I saw, it was like 10.09 AM. And I saw a post that was shared. It was like, come heal with us. Like come to the healing circle at Holiday Park. I'm like, well, that's, you know, on the other side of town. It's at 11. I have about 30, 35 minutes to get dressed. Like I was not ready, didn't do anything. I'm going. And I was like, wow, like I never would have done that. And I never would have done that before last week because I still you know had some unresolved pain with how I interact with women or how I am received by other women mm. and I had let go of that and I'm like I love me fully they gonna love me too you know or they you know like if they don't love me that's indicative of them they ain't got nothing to do with me so wow. I went and then I was like oh man I forgot my yoga mat my yoga mat there was no judgment there was nothing no shame involved I forgot my yoga mat like who mm -hmm. cares so I just brought my mm -hmm. jacket and I was like Hey y'all, I'm here with my jacket, don't have a mat, but like, but it, it used to be this thing where I'm like, well, I don't want them to think that I don't know what it is. Or I don't want them to think that. And if they did think that, ain't nobody worried about you, first of all. But, but if, right. they, if they did think that, what does that do to you? Like, how, how does that harm you? But it was really right. cool to me today to see like, oh man, that really has been resolved in a way where I'm able to just move freely in this world. Freely, Without, keyword, freely, freely, like I'm, I am not constrained by judgments of myself and then assumptions yeah. about how people will treat me. I'm just mm. operating out of love. 
And then the thing is about that way, the process, you know, everybody can have their own process. But the thing about that, once you get a taste of that freedom mm -hmm. of like, actually, I don't care what you think about me. Actually, if you do think something bad about me, it's really more about you. And actually, I'm okay. And actually, it's not as a big a deal as it is in my head in the outside world. And we'll talk about later how things big in our head are actually, we can learn how to see them as kind of very small, actually. And if you've ever like, looked at something that uh, you've healed from in the past and you kind of laugh at it about right. how something you used to be insecure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but like, we'll talk about how to get through that, how to just break through that shell and then start to expand your awareness. Once you get a taste of that freedom of like, of that, of being free from your insecurity, you're going to want more and you're going to start digging more and then you're going to continue healing. Honey, that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm starting to feel myself. But not in a way yeah. where, like, it's a genuine I'm feeling myself. Not this, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to pretend that I like myself and do things to make you feel worse. So I'll bring you down to where I really am. But I'm pretending I'm up mm -hmm. here. So, no, like, I'm up here as high as the sky can go. And I want you up here with me. If you, if you surpass me, then I'm glad you found that. Like, that yeah. level of self-love, I like to feel that too. You know, like, but there's nothing... Mm -hmm. You loving yourself takes nothing away from me. Right. If you surpass me, okay, then I hope you reach back your hand and help me out too. Help me you know what out. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this all is. We're all in this together. Like, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the light lesson. I just wanted to break down what is insecurity. Just please take away that insecurity is... You know, it's a trauma. It's a pain. There's pain from there that is that insecurity has grown from, and you know you got to get back to whatever that root is. Be curious. Ask yourself questions. Um, just start to be. You know, Facebook and and Instagram, social media is a great place to start to be aware of how much we compare ourselves. Are you scrolling through your phone judging people? Are you scrolling through your phone saying I wish I had that? Are you scrolling through your phone wishing like she's prettier than me or he's he's got a better body than me what are you doing those things on your phone and you should just realize that this is a habit and that you know there's a lot of things out there that kind of feed off of that that energy that that uh, injured wounded energy of uh, that insecurity comes from and resonates in there's there's things out there that you know that they make money off of that yes. so yeah it's just it's gotta just wake up to that wake up <laughs> Like okay Gen uh, gently we're gently waking up in the morning gently you know like because it's in love like i, I love it and i'm like that's why you don't like this about yourself and that's why you don't like you know like that's not out of love because we yeah. all have it i'm never like you can't be that kind of person but when i think when we're so steep in the pain that's how we receive it no matter what so when mm. somebody like me who comes along you come into this place this sanctuary that i absolutely love and i can yeah. feel that your energy is off I'm like, first of all, we got to get this together because not up in here, you know, like this is the place people come to just like bathe in good vibes. That's what it has to be. Uh -huh. And like when I'm like, hey, something is off and I think it's this thing and I'll get very specific. Like, I, like I'm because I know I know what it is. But, you know, like, I have to say, like, if, <laughs> like it's possibly this thing. I mean, do it. Try, I do it as gently as possible, but it doesn't matter if you're not ready to hear that you're not ready to hear it. So it sounds like I'm saying 
you raggedy and don't you know like <laughs> yeah. like you 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 hate your life your mama never loved you like no uh-huh. like that's not at all <laughs> the energy that i'm bringing i promise and like let's be honest about the root of this pain so that we can clear it you know like so when you have that friend who's like i know like i think i know what this root is receive it know that person loves you when someone loves you they're never going to say anything that takes away from you and if you assume they're trying to take away from you then you know that you have an insecurity because you just jumped into assumption so then you just have to be like dang they're right let me listen yeah definitely and what they end up saying it might not resonate with you and that's okay you know you're you it may come back it may need some time to marinate it may come back to you later and that's that happens a lot actually i feel like Mm -hmm. when you take people's advice and um you know it's just like that um integration station advice too you know i always tell them that like most people give horrible advice because they're giving advice from a place of pain they're giving advice from a place of insecurity Mm. so they're making all kinds of assumptions yeah girl he probably was out there with that one Okay, so you're just your friend is just as they have the same insecurities, they have the same unhealed pain that you have. So probably don't ask her Mm -hmm. unless you want her to tell you to do something bad. I used to have those friends like, okay, I have the friends who (laughs) in my early 20s, you know, I had those friends. I'm like, okay, if I call her, she's gonna, you know, like encourage me to do this thing I know I don't have any business doing. Like, she, yeah, she's, yeah. she's going through it too. So we can bust up some stuff together. <laughs> but if I call <laughs> this person, she's gonna be trying to pray for me. And like, right now, I just wanna be in my pain and act out. Like, that's, that's your choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, sometimes you gotta roll around in it a little bit in order to get sick of it right like some people just you can't get sick of dipping your toe in something you got to roll around in it before you're like i actually i don't want to be in this anymore this is not who i am this is not what i want and it's just all paths lead to transcendence all paths lead to transcendence i love that yeah mm-hmm. okay let's go on to integration station yeah so integration station what i really wanted to do with this segment is to we talked about insecurity so what i first wanted to do was integrate um to you guys um some of my own personal insecurities um that i've went through uh and how i've gotten through some of those things so i can expand my awareness and release there's a lot of what i find is that healing there's a lot of unlearning it's not so much about learning new things it's a lot to do with unlearning all the things that you've kind of soaked in as this sponge that you've been throughout your life as you've gone through your life um i was flipping through my uh flipping through my journal and just the page that randomly I randomly landed on, um, I saw it was kind of me talking to myself, like snap out of these insecurities. Um, and I have a big insecurity with feeling judged, with thinking that someone's going to judge me or someone is judging me. Uh, but it's I wrote, it's impossible to step into your highest self while your feet are shuffling around, going nowhere, wondering what everyone's thinking about you. And I wrote that in my journal. I was like, okay, I'm just going to share that. That's the first thing I want to share because that to me is when I kind of realized like, you know what? It's not about what everybody else is thinking about me. If I spread my consciousness out that thin to to care about what every single person, you know, strangers included are thinking about me is and taking it personal. Uh, first step is I need to not take it personal because it's about them, whatever mm-hmm. they 
feel, whatever they see, whatever they interpret and believe, that is just only about their, their universe inside their head and in their heart that they've been able to uncover and heal and grow into. That's about their experience, not about mine. So I really need to bring myself back into my own light and really just focus on my own glow. You know what I mean? Which is hard to do. It's easier said than done. But again, the first step is awareness. Um, side note, um, it's Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everybody. Um, it's spring. Uh, if, you fought, if you're if you into astrology, it's the start of the zodiac cycle. Spring equinox was a few days ago. This is a time of rebirth. So I would just want you to know, like, you're literally supported by the energies of nature, of the earth, of the universe. At this time, all of these things we celebrate, This is our ancestors knew what this energy was. So this new energy that's flowing in, this is a time of rebirth. This is a time of renewal and to become something else, break out of the old, mo old mold and, and breathe into something new. So just know that you're supported energetically to, sh to shed those old layers of yourself. And I hope that you do so. Now is the time. Now is the time. Um, reinvent. You have mm -hmm. permission to rebrand or reinvent yourself. You have all the permission mm -hmm. of the universe. Who cares what anybody has to say about it, what anybody thinks? Like... All the greats do it. All the greats have done it. Tina Turner is on everybody's mind and heart right now. That woman, when she found herself, she, and it's not even reinventing yourself. It's like giving you permission to be the person you've always been. So yeah. give yourself permission to be the person you've always desired to be. Why do you want to be something? Want to be somebody? Especially because you don't have to like, you could wake up tomorrow and decide that you like are in a punk rock or whatever. Like you can, you can wake up tomorrow and decide that it'll cost you nothing. To, to yeah, be that no or to be you. There are no yeah. rules at all. So like, Except the ones that you've made up or that you've believed in. Right. That's you it. subscribe. It's the, the rules that exist are the ones you just, you subscribe to. It's literally, look, you can't even touch it. You can just right. swipe right through it. <laughs> like they're invisible and they're just, it's all in your head. Right. <laughs> and somebody made them up. And my conclusion is that it was someone who was very insecure, who made up mm. most rules about most things. Because yeah. the, and they were insecure with their power. In their and that, that's not to say, right, that's not to say that those roadblocks that have manifested physically, you know, and these systems that we're in that have real effects on our mental well-being, you know what I mean? It's not to say any of those things, but as far as your own personal power, your, uh, you have access mm -hmm. to that at any time, at any yeah. time you have access. Um, yes. So what, what you said earlier, India, about, um, you know, it's, it is when you get to a place that you've healed so much or you are willing to share publicly what are your insecurities, then you are kind of, in a way, kind of obligated to be the first to say hi first and like, <laughs> hey guys, you know, this is this is what it is for me. Anybody else feeling like this? You right. are, you know, it is your, it's your, you do have a duty to share that and to release that and, and be a light for others to see and to help others as well. You know, it's, yeah. so I wanted to no do that. No one is convinced, I promise no one is convinced that you have it all together. I doubt that there's anybody who's been walking around here ever convinced that I've ever just had it all together. If anybody's convinced that any human being has it all together, 100%, head to toe, top to bottom, in to out, then you really have a lot of pain to heal because you, you've you put everyone else on such a pedestal. Like, mm. It is a clear understanding to me, for, you know, like that everybody has been through things, but we know Oprah, 
has been through a whole lot of stuff. Like we're very familiar with what she's, or she's been very open about what she's been through. That didn't stop her from being the richest black woman in the world. But I mean, she, Tina, again, Tina Turner wrote a biography and like had a movie about the lowest experiences in her life, the lowest points of her life. And she is Tina Turner, you know, like she, she's unmatched and never will be. So there's nothing wrong with addressing those things. I was talking about uh, that movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? I was talking about that today, actually. Like, why was that my favorite movie when I was, like, in second grade? Why was it? Like... It was my jam. It still is. Nom yo ho renge kyo. I've been saying that Nom yo ho renge kyo. Ting, ting, ting. Yeah. Like, I was, like, seven years old. Like, and I was, like, I had no idea. Like, here I am now. Like, back on it. You know? I get it, All the way. Very personally. I get it. Yeah. From this little light of mine all the way until what's love got to do? Like all the way to the but end. You that know is what's my crazy movie. about the how it opens? She's singing this little light of mine and she's whoa, whoa, and she's like letting her light shine, literally singing uh-huh. about how she's gonna let her light shine. And the minister of music, like, no, not up here, your light ain't gonna shine. But we're like, that's a kid. Like a kid is like, no, you didn't, I'm singing the words. I'm gonna right. let my light shine. But when mm. I get to shining my light, as I'm singing, I let the spirit move the way it, it might. Now I'm in trouble. So are we lying? Yeah. And that's when we get to lying to kids. Now I'm confused. I don't know if my instincts, if I can trust my instincts. And I'll get into that about my insecurities. Mm. But I can't trust my instincts because my instinct is telling me to let my light shine. That's what you're telling me to do. Yeah. But then I get in trouble for doing that thing. Right. And then that is where we start to compare. Once we get that initial judgment, then we don't start to, we start to not trust ourselves and we need to compare to see if we're on the right track yes. because whatever we did originally was not accepted, not acceptable, was laughed at. And so now we get into this cycle of comparison and we think that's normal to compare and compete and then it just keeps on just plowing yeah. more little all insecurity of us are just trying to not look like the one you know what i mean like we're all just trying to uh-huh. not look like that one it's like you know what i'm i don't i will look i will look like the one like i don't if i'm gonna i can't keep on dictating what i say how i say it what i do how I, based on what somebody else does i am the measure I am the measure for me. I'm the only one living my life on my journey with my purpose and my mission. So I'm the only one that can decide. It's us here who can decide what is acceptable. I'm the measure. I set the standard. And that's for each of us. You set the standard for you. If you know that you're a good person, you have goodness in you. And you're doing the work to get to that goodness and make sure that your heart is pure, your soul is ascended and mature and all of those things, your light is shining. Why are you not trusting yourself? You are the measure. You are the standard. Yeah. And again, all it takes is that first little crack through. And then after that, you get hungry for it because you get your light back. You get your power back. And, you know, and you that is irresistible. And you start to dig more and you start to get more curious and uncover more. And that's really what a healing journey is, in my opinion. That's what at least what it's been for me. Mm-hmm. And so I did want to share some of those things, some of because I felt like, okay, if I'm really gonna like get on here and encourage other people to share about themselves and you know give others 
tips or instructions or whatever it is, then I feel like I need to open up as well. I need to be like, hey, look, this is what I thought. You know, things like my weight. I've been insecure about my weight and this is from childhood. You know, I can still remember, remember the best friend I told you about last episode, we won't say their name again, but I, I still remember to this day from when I was nine years old, the first time I realized like, oh, someone thinks I'm I'm fat, you know what I mean? This is before my brother ever called me fat, like in middle school or, you know, when we're older. I was nine years old and like, I don't know, I just remember his dad was like, oh, like, wow, how much do you weigh, boy? And I was just, I, I don't remember how much I weighed. It was something like over what a third grader should weigh. But he was like, damn. And I was just like, <laughs> my little heart just like yeah but you know and then that is something that was the start of something that i had to deal with just up until recently you know what i mean like Adults all the way through understand that the impact of they don't even know it's body shaming but body shaming on a child from mm -hmm. adults specifically and you know like a lot of us have parents who don't, mother specifically, who, you know, like they're not doing it from a place of hate or from a place of anything, but it's like, I, you know, I was always very skinny. Toothpick with it. So then it was like, I was always very skinny and then I put on some weight. You didn't put on some weight, ain't you? Then I lose weight. You didn't, let, you didn't lost some weight, ain't you? Then I put the weight back Ugh. on. You didn't, and I mean, it's like, well, shoot, I don't know what you want from me of my body and I'm trying to give you what you uh -huh. all would find acceptable of my body the whole time I'm not listening to my body because I'm trying to look However, I'm either too skinny or I'm too chubby. Like, there is no in-between uh, for you people. You know, they're going to yeah. comment on it. And I watched this happen to my nephew. He's eight years old, and they stayed the night. And first it was, um, dang, your, your leg's ashy. It's coming from an adult. Your leg's ashy. And, you know, I can see something, and I like, try to make a joke out of it, like lighten it. And then a few minutes later, it's, you put on some weight. And I was like, well, you know what she means is that you're growing into a big, strong boy and blah, blah, blah. And that mm -hmm. turned into a thing, but that's a whole other thing. But it's like, you can't be, I, I have a habit of protecting children's souls at all costs. You know, like that's just, yeah. I am the protector Love of children's it. spirits. I, was, I wouldn't even say their soul because their soul is their soul, but I'm the protector of children's spirits. And yeah. so I'm always speaking up and people don't, they feel offended. Like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm doing it in a way, I'm doing it out of love. But what I cannot do is value your ego over this child's spirit. We're not going to do right. it. I will never sign mm -hmm. up for that. And mm -hmm. like being told in that moment that he put on weight, I'm sure still, because then he just saw an argument ensue, you know, like, but I'm mm -hmm. sure that's going to stick with him in a way where I came home and I'm like, what am I going to, you know, how am I going to reconcile this for him because i don't want him carrying this for the next 30 years with yeah. someone you know like just talking about how he looks in general and and his appearance has always been subject of conversation it's not yeah happening. you know even like I, I remember being in like high school college you know weight fluctuating up and down at times and like visiting over like my dad's family and just People who I don't even know, honestly don't even know their name, but had something to say about my way. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Like, I think people's intention is not, it's not necessarily, it's not like I interpreted it as they're trying to attack mm -hmm. me. And, and people might have good intentions, like, you know, health and, you know, mm -hmm. wellness and things like that. But they have to be, you have to be more aware of just of your word choice and how how you say things to people yeah. because also is it necessary yeah. and is it necessary, is it necessary? yeah because you're not and will never be his parent so you can't mm -hmm. control what his you know like and he's 
a growing child. So why would you try yeah. to? And you know, it just there are all these things like why are we why are we even talking about a child's body in this mm -hmm. way? Why are we planting those seeds? Yeah, to a child. If you want to if you really care about somebody's health and, you know, gaining weight, maybe you should talk to the mother and or father and they can handle that on a more adult level. And but to you, a child, it it was nothing. Yeah. There was there's no way. To, I mean, he literally was just growing. Like that's what it was. Yeah. Mm. Look, um, we're like y'all the one feed me. Right. <laughs> <That's> what I <laughs> so I have I was, okay, so this insecurity what I've learned is like you have the defense mechanism for me, for India. I have the this mm -hmm. I have the defense mechanism. And then right under that is the insecurity, and then mm -hmm. right under that is the judgment. Then the mm. assumption <laughs> and then the pain. So mm. I was just like, so one of them was that I, I always dressed very plain Jane, you know, unless I was on vacation. But usually most days it's like a jean something and a t-shirt something and some kind of short. Then I got in like leggings when I really was feeling insecure about myself. It was like leggings and some long something. You're not going to see much of my body at all. Like I, I found yeah. a way to dress where not much of my anything was exposed, where you're not gonna be able to see my shape, my stomach. I didn't, I didn't like these aspects of myself. So then I'm like, okay, why don't I know how to dress? And I'm 30, I'm about to be 33 years old, and I'm not a quality. I, I, don't, I wasn't tacky, but you know, like I was just bland. So why mm -hmm. am I so bland? And I'm such an expressive person, but I don't dress in that way. Um, mm. Oh, like I don't want to spend money on those things. Like I spend money on things that provide stability like a home or like those things. Okay, so why am I afraid to spend money on things that are not my home? Why well, I need emergency funds in case something happens. Like I just always need in case money. Okay, why do I need this in case money? Why do I, oh, I have actually experienced home insecurity a few times and you know, and then like one of them was in my adulthood, which then led to a, you know, a persistent relationship with someone who's very wonderful and that relationship started with me experiencing home insecurity. So that was just, yeah. you know, like that was, it was an insecurity for me. Like I literally had home insecurity. So I don't want to spend mm. money. Okay. So why? And then it get down to like, I didn't feel like I was worthy. You know, like I just didn't mm. feel like I was worthy of having nice things. So I had to, I have to be very conscious and make sure that I own it and I am in control of it. I have to control mm -hmm. this because there is no worthiness outside of me that nobody sees anything outside of me. That's going to make mm -hmm. sure that I'm supported. And I'm like, sis, you know, that's not the case. Like look back at your life and just look at like, you obviously have been on a path, like on a journey mm -hmm. that's been very clear. And you have like a, so you've been taken care of and you are worthy of these things and you don't have to control it. You're taken care of. And a lot of times you're just in the way. So then I had yeah. to really sit with that and think about the times that I've actually been in my way because I feel like I need to control something when trying to control it just makes it worse and makes it yeah. harder for me. So then like relinquishing that control meant acknowledging that I am worthy because I was born and acknowledging that what I'm doing and who I am is good. So I don't have to put in all of these other safety nets and these barriers and have all these plans and all these things. Like I can relinquish that and just go. And that means if it feels good, me putting this thing on my body or buying this thing, I'm going to do that. Like it has just opened me up to a lot more opportunities and experiences because I don't feel like 
I need to have such control of, over every aspect of my life. And then I have the scripture on my mirror, like, do not worry about tomorrow, but tomorrow will worry about itself. There are enough troubles for today. Yeah. Like, I have mm. to remind myself of that. Like, well, I'm tripping, like, having all these contingency plans, and I'm actually, I'm um, not allowing myself to benefit from, the fruit, like, root the fruits of my labor today just in case I have a problem to solve tomorrow. That's not even, I'm not oh. working to solve problems in my life. I'm working to, like, I have this money, I should be able to enjoy it. So yeah, there's mm. that. No, I think that's actually a great point. The the way that we try to defend our insecurity and protect that wound is to control the things that we can control about it, you know? For example, like, okay, like, oh, this is kind of embarrassing to even admit, like, but, you know, I started losing my hair when I was like 25. And I remember like, I just thought like one day I was like, oh, like, what if I just kind of shaded in with some mascara? I don't know. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> look, I was just going to shade in the little, because my bald spots, they just came in patches. I'm like, I'm about to shade these. So that was my, I'm trying to control the way, you know what I mean? And then looking back, looking at some of these pictures, I'm just like, I'm so glad I got over that because this looks crazy. You know what I mean? But even yes. if I'm reading all the while really being worried about what other people will think and they're probably looking at me like what the hell you look a fool <laughs> you know like, that's the thing. like yeah. and, i mean but just imagine if we apply that to life like people who are living when we live outside of our means or when we are adorning ourselves in this way that really does not reflect how we feel on the outside that is us walking around with mascara on our ball patches you know like yeah. that's what it is and mm -hmm. you every we can see like nobody's fooled and who are you doing this for because if you're if you you know it should only matter your creator is the only one it should matter who or you know mm -hmm. like that's the only one that should matter about what's happening um yeah. so who are we trying to fool here and I, that's always been my question too that would get me in trouble who exactly are we trying to fool because god knows what's <laughs> happening you know like god is very aware <laughs> of what's going on so i don't really understand why it matters what they see <laughs> you know like they're yeah. not, they don't matter <laughs> so mm -hmm. remember when that when you're like, lost in that when you're lost in that it is hard to see through those bristles <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Ooh, i'm glad you came by the other side Ooh, of that one <laughs> I, just, up, I never look. noticed but, like, i mean and then look how good you look with the with your bald head like you fine fine like you you know but it, but it, that was for what that, that came from for myself thank you by the way was from you know i used to have long hair you know what i mean hair, like yeah. yeah and don't get me wrong probably part of the reason why i went bald putting them little s curl kits in my hair probably <laughs> ate away at the follicles look that's what really happens if you're yeah, out I there mean, this is a this is an alert if you're out there please stop using those products because they're 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 gonna mess your follicles up i mean then look at it though because the universe is like, you're trying, you're trying to make yourself into somebody you're not, like, and out of insecurity, like, if you want to be honest, I'm sure that was rooted in some judgment of yourself, like, shoot, first of all, I'm supposed to be mixed, while my hair ain't mixed, <laughs> you know? Right, like, <laughs> listen, come on, you better speak my, what I thought, you better speak my thoughts. <laughs> I told you, I, I was like, I'm supposed to be mixed. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be mixed. I'm supposed to have this, you know, curly hair like um, like these other mixed kids I see. But I got I got my dad's <laughs> hair, and so I'm about to put some put some stuff in it, make it curly, long, and beautiful. And then the universe said, you know what? We're gonna take that away from you because you couldn't handle it, and it's blocking your growth. And it is. I would have never gotten to the place I am now had I been these long, long curls. You couldn't tell me nothing. You know what I mean? But 
here I am now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I remember, I think it was fourth or fifth grade where my mama just like, it, it absolutely destroyed my hair, snatched out my edges, chopped it off. Because before that, my hair was so thick. And I mean, my braids would be long. I remember my mom would braid one, we would call it beehive, one braid, and it would stop right here. And then it would be like a braid down with the beads on it. And I would always have 18 beads on it because I would cut them out. And I would go like this. Spin my head around, like, spin the thing around. <laughs> like, you couldn't tell me nothing. Come on, and helicopter. You could not tell me. And then in fifth grade, it was like a pattern for me and a lot of my sisters. Like, our hair got chopped and, and, and destroyed. It got permed. It got all these things. Because while I did see the beauty of my hair and I loved my hair, that was something that was not... Um, it was not, you know, like the average black girl, you just got a regular black girl here. That's not something that's celebrated. So in my mom's mind, she's trying to help me. Like, I want to make you more beautiful. You know, I want to make you more yeah. acceptable. And I want to make this here more manageable. You know, like, mm -hmm. that's just what it is. And in doing that, it actually took us away from our life, from our essence. You know, these yeah. things, they got no edges. And then, I mean, there's a lot of, like, hysterectomies connected to the um, relaxers and all these things. Yes, like, there's oh, or wow. fibroid tumors and things like that because yeah. we're doing it not from a place of self-love. If you're really like, I love myself and I need to put this product in there because that's, I, it is out of love, sincerely. There's not really any pain. Do it. Like, I'm not saying that's everybody's experience, but for me, it absolutely yeah. was insecurity mm -hmm. that was driving my choice and probably a lot of mothers' choices to relax their children's hair or texturize their yeah. children's hair. Yeah, which stems from a belief that whatever it is you're presenting that you're born with naturally isn't good enough. Yeah. And then that subconsciously stays with us and permeates all our decisions, all our choices through our relationships and our worldview, the lens we see life through. Yeah. And so, yeah um another insecurity so just even just even making this podcast has brought up some insecurities earlier you were talking about you know we're going to experience things and share things uh, that are in rooms that we haven't been in yet and this is a room that i we've just entered you know what i mean and i you know i've been performing and things like that but just even just how my creativity will be perceived i had to let a lot of that go i had to be aware of it and like i'm stressing out and concerned like i would literally hear like like not actually india's voice but i would hear my voice making india talk saying how what she would think about what i'm about to say and i'm just like wait a minute like she wouldn't even do that first of all it's not actually india's voice it's, i'm literally pretending to hear india's voice in my head it's me and you know what i mean and and that's what we do we hear other people's voices and what they would say i mean that's at least what i was doing and i had to be aware of that i had to let that go i had to see it what it was not judge it you know what i mean it's just what it is and just breathe through it and let that pass and let it be what it is and on its way and and bye thank you right um, bye and it helps when the like just me being like just loving you like i just i literally just love you like whatever you do yeah. like, it doesn't matter like I, I love you and i love that we're doing this and this i love mm -hmm. what we're doing so there's nothing that could possibly that you could say that would get any kind of reaction otherwise out of me because right. it's literally just all love and mm -hmm. i'm just here to hype you up Right, come on, thank you. <laughs> and you do every day before we go on. You'd be like, I'll oh, be fine. Like, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> that, I love that sound. 
But you know, those, I want to talk about just those voices of judgment. Just like when I say voices, it's not like I hear other voices in my head. It's not like that. It's just, it's me as the observer, as my soul, like kind of stepping out and seeing the story that's playing. You know, your brain runs on cycles, on patterns, predictions. That's what your brain does. It's it's a prediction machine that helps you get through life. And, and, and when you learn to observe your thoughts and you learn to observe from the outside, you can just see those. That's when they become the voices of judgment instead of like, I am judging myself. I hear myself. It's just, I can separate those things. And so I could just kind of, work with them and rearrange them and and unpack them really so that's i just wanted to talk about that like just the voices of judgment and how to separate yourself from those things you are not your thoughts like you you think you are your thoughts but you're actually not not. yeah and that's what meditation well we can talk about meditation later but meditation really helps separate that ego story that the character that we've built from our experiences and learn how to all the beliefs that we've picked up of who we are and all the beliefs that we've listened to and and that turned into what we think we are our character we're actually something different from that we're at you know you're your pure love you're a soul you're a consciousness and this is all just the you know not not to get so sci-fi but it's your avatar you know what i mean and you can step away from that and and you can observe that and then you can see what things for, for what they really are and yeah. not judge them and and clear them and clear them know that it no longer serves you i have to clear it it was never really it was never me that was a trauma that was the pain mm-hmm. so we're going to be okay we're going to move on to the quick heal that so that we're out of here in 90 minutes oh yes <laughs> okay so the heal that this week first of all we know i'm the queen of social media not social media well, probably that too. But then, <laughs> reality TV, I love watching me some reality TV. Um, because, like I said, it's a great study of human nature. And I love Drag Race. I've already talked about how much I love Drag Race. It's one of the only shows that make me cry, watching people have breakthroughs. Like, I just love breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. I love it. I've always loved seeing people have breakthroughs. Um, there is one of the performers, Olivia Lux, was not able to have a breakthrough, that breakthrough all season and right before it got to i think the semifinals like they got down to the, the bottom four what, um, what show is this again drag race and by the way oh, okay. oops spoiler alert you know what i mean like <laughs> oops so uh, olivia but we all you could all see coming like you can see this one coming but olivia looks it's just she was so caught up in this persona of always being like kind and sweet and like it's all the time and they're like, you got some diva in you. Like you're a diva and you have demands and you, or she would phrase things like, can I ask a question? And they're like, but you already know that you're gonna do what you wanna do, but everything that she was doing, they could see it for what it was. Like it, it, this is a persona and we need you to grow beyond this and give us some depth to this and show us more of you. Cause nobody is just this, you know, like the, this is not, yeah. that you're not being authentic and not even nobody. Cause maybe somebody is that way, but it's not authentically you. So, um she struggled during that challenge and then sometimes like before the girls have to go out and lip sync for their lives they'll have a family member or something come up on the screen and so there's now i know why they do it rupaul is very intentional so before they went back out there to learn who was lip syncing for their life they play a video just pops up in the workroom with an e work and it's 
Olivia Lux's mom and grandmother. And it took them four takes. They're in this like fur. They're like, I'm on. They were perf they were uptight. You know, like they were the middle class. We've made it the bourgeois. You know, like that is what they were, at least what they were projecting. So they're wearing their furs and their jewels, and they're like, Hi, I can't remember his name, Freddie. I think it's Freddie. Hi, Freddie. It's Grandma and Mom. And they're like, Oh no, no, we didn't do that right. Do it again. Hi, Freddie. This no, no, no. Okay, one more time. <laughs> and it was four of those, and it was like the least authentic, most uncomfortable. Like y'all are not being you. Why are you standing in front of this Zoom camera in a fur and like these jewels? You know what I mean? Like, what are we even doing here? This is so uncomfortable. But everybody else saw it for what it was, and we're like, oh, that's like that's okay. Like this explains a lot. And they were saying this way, like. Yeah, we get we see where you get your ways from, but he still wasn't like getting it. And he's like, oh my, I love them so much, and like I'm just, my, you know, Olivia Lux is them, and you know, I just hope that they love you. I hope that I'm making them proud because Olivia Lux, my grandma said she would never be okay with me doing this, and so for her, blah blah. blah. And it was like it was just steeped in insecurity, like it was all insecurity mm. and unresolved pain around not being accepted, but then also they have unresolved pain around not being accepted. So it is like manifesting in them and then passed on to this gay boy who also does, who's a female impersonator. So there's like even more insecurity and pain in that because I already have to be a gay black Puerto Rican man here. And then I am, I am in it. I have an art, a craft that is just in me and I'm great at it that you said you will never accept. And that's me. You're saying you won't accept me. And, and you know, mm. it was just a lot. And I'm like, gosh, like this is how insecurity literally can block your blessings. You need to go and heal that, but he can't even see it. So it's not mm -hmm. time for him to heal it because he can't see it. He's like, I just want to be like, you're aspiring to be that. And you can't see their pain. You can't see the fact that these women are not authentic. And you've been told all season that you're inauthentic. And that is why mm. you did not, you were not able to grow. They said that you're not growing and he didn't grow because he was steeped in his insecurity because he was unwilling to address his pain. Mm. And I'll leave it at that. You know, being unwilling, if you can just, that's why I said these insecurities, if you can just look at them as aha moments and just take away the stigma, it's so hard to, but just the stigma of this is bad, insecurity is bad, it's wrong. If you can first not judge it, judge insecurity mm -hmm. and let that dissolve, then that will be the really the first step. Just, I don't know, breathe or something and let that dissolve the judgment of being insecure. And then you can start to get to insecurity and dig mm -hmm. deep down to the root. Yeah. So, yeah. And at least with someone, if you don't, you don't have to do it publicly like I do. Um, like have, I believe that a partner, if you have a partner, that partner should be somebody who you can go to the depths. You can bear your soul to that person. You mm -hmm. can, you know, like you can, you can raise these in surface, these insecurities with at least that person. And you know, that person's not going to judge you. That person's not going to throw it back up in your face. Like that person's going to, there's a space there. There yeah. is a space there, and yeah. I like being that person. You know, I, I am that person for lots of people, and I'm never going to hold that against them. What's the, what I'm really grateful for is, like, I have that person in you now. You know, like, I, mm, <laughs> where, like, yeah. I know that I have somebody. It's really hard. It's been hard for me. It was like, oh, she thinks she's perfect. She thinks she's... 
no, like I'm telling you that I have these things. And then like when I'm working through my things, now here you are trying to attack me with it. You know, like this mm-hmm. is, it takes yeah. me like you humbling my ego and, and being vulnerable in order for me to grow. I'm not going to not grow because you might use it against me. But it also is annoying that you're using these things against me. I'm going to let right. you go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all. That's all. That's so that's beautiful. Hmm. Well, this was a great episode, I think. So I hope that like people yeah. listen later. If you're watching it, like make sure you share it. If you watch it later, please share it because this is all about spreading love and healing. And if we don't share Absolutely. things, then it won't we won't be spreading the love and healing. Spread healing, not the virus. You know, hey. spread love, not corona. <laughs> like, that's what we're on all twenty twenty one. There's no vaccine for love. who gave me this microphone okay (laughs) look that's your shot enjoy (laughs) (laughs) right okay no side effects (laughs) no side effects at all except like bliss like that's all it is like bliss because your girl is just like bliss okay i love you i love y'all and i love what we're doing and we can just leave it there Thank you all for tuning in. Keep a lookout. We're, we're going to post highlights throughout the week. So keep a lookout for those. Uh, if you did miss the show, uh, again, we love you. India, yes. I love you. I love and, you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.